Uh, good morning, folks. Good morning. Welcome to our Wealth Coffee Chat. Good to see all of you guys today. Got a few, uh, got a few tricks up my sleeve here. Hello to Alison and uh, Papinda. Who else we got here? Nicole, James, Hardik, always here, bright and early. Good to see you, mate. Uh, Brendan, Alexis, I think I'll be clicking forever <laughs> to get through all these names. Hey, great to see all you guys. Awesome to hang out this morning um, for another Wealth Coffee Chat, as you guys know. Each morning we get together, hang out and uh, have a bit of a yarn, a bit of a conversation around property investing and about the idea of going the distance. You guys know the saying or a couple of sayings we have around here. This thing's a marathon, not a sprint. Takes time to create a decent property portfolio and buy well, never sell. We're not good time Charlies, are we? We are considered long-term investors concentrating on buying good assets that we want to have create. Create, folks, a regular income. Matter of fact, it's my claim that it's the most reliable income you can own on the planet. Uh, I haven't had anyone challenge me yet, but I'm sure someone will. The most reliable income on the planet, weekly rent from your good quality properties into the future. Um, so there you go. Buy well, never sell is that other one. So uh, great to see all of you guys on this morning. Hey, I thought we'd talk about something that's sort of up and out in the media right now, folks. Uh, you guys, unless you've been living under a rock, tell me in the chat right now. Tell me in the chat, what's the big thing on everyone's lips um, or minds? Not interest rates because we've been chatting about those by and large the if you're planning if you're getting ahead of it team you will be fine what's the big thing on people's minds right now in the world of property and more specifically new property uh, boom pro build right there i knew someone would be having a look yeah listen pro build uh yeah and uh, internationally heartache for sure our hearts and minds go out to what's happening out there in in the ukraine um, like we, like I've said a few times, uh, the biggest risk to all of us as property investors is the is the crazy mad politicians and what they get up to. But today we want to sort of localize our conversation, and a couple of you guys have been on it. Nintendo's on the building costs, yes. Pro build Facebook user, whoever that is, you're probably in one of our groups. Thanks for that. Um, yeah, folks, it's uh, it's crazy and interesting what's going on. Right now, we have a few uh, quite large, um, uh, very visible builders. Oh, Brad, how are you, brother? Good to see you. Um, a few builders going bust, okay? Pro Build is the last, uh, is the recent one, Pro Build. Uh, of more recent times, we've seen a couple of builders that we know, you know, um, BA Murphy Constructions. Um, and um, yeah, building costs going up. Yeah, Hardik, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, you know, Murphy Homes going bust. Uh, we've got Privian Homes um, went under as well. Uh, and uh, of of recent times, uh, ProBuild, which is uh, which is concerning. It concerns a bunch of investors. And um, yeah, Brendan saying, I fear ProBuild won't be the last to fall. And um, you know, maybe the small players as well. So. You know, it is a it is an interesting concern. It is an interesting concern as a property investor, as smart property investors, um, we can we can understand what's going on and manage ourselves well. And I thought this morning I would bring along a guest 
to help me discuss this stuff um, because, uh, because, folks, we've been here before, positive, myself and Sam. We've, uh, we've been through a few little uh, turns on the wheel and, um, and uh, yeah, we've seen this happen, unfortunately, in prior cycles. So uh, uh, this morning, you guys are in for a treat. We have a special guest coming along. Um, and it's the one and only Sammy Saggers. Nice. Hey, how are you, mate? How are you? Yeah, good. Maybe just check your maybe just check your microphone in the wheel is chosen as your Roadcaster Pro. It does change, I think, sometimes. Is While Sam's sorting out his audio, um, <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, he's back. Yeah, all right. Um, you? Uh... Oh, I can't hear you. Mate, I don't know if it's my end, mate. We can see you. You're looking handsome this morning. Um, Sam yeah. did warn me that uh, he hadn't woken up just yet and uh, he was just getting himself wound up. There's a little gear wheel down the bottom yeah, in yeah. the Restream Studio. Click that, Sam, and see if you can choose your mic. Choose any old mic if you can. Oh, no, we can't hear you. Oh. <laughs> yes. Oh, perfect. Uh, there you go. All the team said they can hear you. Perfect, Sammy. That's all right. Hey, mate. Hey, thanks for joining me this morning. I know you said uh, you, you probably need a few more coffees than you've had already. But, uh... Hi, well, uh, yeah, I was uh, not sure why the old Roadmaster isn't uh, working. I don't think I need this. So I'll just have to uh, talk into the, to the Mac. Uh... So, but you're right. Yeah, look, um, you know, property investing um, – comes with a fair amount of doom at times and I think, uh, you know, best investors end up being able to uh, make their way through some of the cycle and some of the doom that tends to follow uh, property. So, yeah, it's just part of the game, really. Um, I mean, I think um, when we look at all the the things going on, um, if you, you know, I guess uh, let them wear you down, you'll probably never buy anything. You'll never do anything. Um, maybe you'll go live under your mum's basement. I don't know. You've got things like wars. You've got inflation. You've got, uh, you know, headwinds from the Chinese property market. You've got the share market, which, um, you know, is obviously, um, you know, volatile to, to daily occurrences happening. So, yeah, I think, um, I think uh, for a lot of property investors, yeah, you know, um, this this type of market does separate um, separate, I guess, the good time Charlies from being property investors. So we, you're absolutely right, though. We kind of have seen this kind of stuff before when it comes to sort of uh, you know headwinds. That's for sure. I'm always I'm always mindful to talk about this stuff with a little bit of compassion, but. Um, you know, uh, I will caveat, you know, Jason and I do speak broadly. Sometimes when groups like ProBuild go down, um, you know, in the past I've commented on them and then, you know, someone listening has a, perhaps, a, you know, it's a subcontractor or something like that who is owed money and, and, it, and it's obviously never a nice, um, you know, never a nice conversation for someone who's directly impacted. So... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, without question. How about that, Semi? Like staying in our lane right now. So, for example, like let's do this in like three little chunks. So for people who are affected in some of these building collapses, you know, as a consumer, let's say if someone's listening in and they're affected, um, 
there is some uh, government uh, afforded protections under certain warranties and, and housing insurances and stuff like that. Can you sort of give everyone? Uh, like, yeah, like, so obviously ProBuild ProBuild's more of a um, sort of commercial level builder. They do a lot of stuff in, for example, Sydney CBD. Um, they do a lot of, you know, major infrastructure development. They do a lot of um, skyscrapers, for example. So at a, at a much more lower level, um, the sort of, project home market, if you like, does come with home warranty insurance. So government basically makes builders bond a certain amount of money with them so that if there is a situation where, you know, homes can't be built, um, the homeowner's warranty insurance sort of kicks into gear. And and fundamentally um, where government went many, many moons ago is go, well, um, there's tiers of developers and uh, tiers of builders and um, sort of that project home space, they kind of make sure it's kind of got its own protection mechanisms as well when it comes to, to uh, default of the builder, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, many years ago, you know, we've done, um, we've done that work, you know, where we've had to help. We've had a few builders in some of our in some of our things over the years, you know, um, a handful, you know, uh, not continue and be replaced by the developer and or, you know, we've ha helped people finish their homes by, you know, the, the homeowner's warranty and stuff like that. So, folks, it's not necessarily like Armageddon, the, the world. Yeah, end. well, I think that's I think that's a key. Man. I mean, it is the cycle. It's like basically what happens. Um, you, can track this, you can track this stuff where you go through... Um, a property a property acceleration period yeah. um, where there's massive government spending um, and really you know off the back of massive government spending what that usually does is is obviously we've created a stimulus boom um, there's a lot of work out there um, and it's kind of counterintuitive there's a lot of work and, the, and it's almost like the fact that there's just so much happening um, yeah. it can cause um, a bit of a challenge when it comes to some of the frenetic pace of what is going on. And so, we're calling it a profitless boom, Sam, the other day when we were chatting. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, well, certainly with right? real estate, um, yeah, you can see that, you know, the builder is struggling to make money, the developer is struggling to make money, and the, you know, the investor is struggling to make money. So, um, where that goes is, uh, you know, uh, you've just got to be really diligent about, you know, what types of assets to to acquire and where to acquire them and understand, um, you know, obviously also, you know, probably down the track is the foreclosure space, which we saw back, you know, prior to the GFC, to be honest with you, which was which was a good space as well. Like, I'm, I know that also sounds counterintuitive, but... Um, it depends if you look at this stuff as uh, as an investor or, or you know as an emotional person on the sidelines. So yeah, yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, like um, you know, sadly, you know, some people's misfortune is another person's opportunity, and that's just the nature of uh, nature of the beast of capitalism. Yeah, and, and and the markets keep moving on. I mean, a few people are asking, sort of, you know, how you know how does it work in JVs and bits and pieces. I thought I'd just quickly do an illustration, folks, just while Sam's here and just sort of say, in 2020, let's say, people were locking in their contracts. There was a lot of 
fixed price building contracts behavior in some of the world of um of property sam and you know um so let's say a contract was locked in for a hundred dollars and the builder you know thought they could make 20 bucks folks um now you know the the costs the the base costs you know in 2021 you know rose to a uh, and they were making zero, uh, let's say, um, or their margin got squeezed. And now, you know, they, they've got a contract for 100 but it's going to cost them $130 to deliver the project or deliver the house, let's say. And, and these are just rough numbers. So the, so the cost of construction has gone up, the cost of materials, the cost to deliver the thing they committed to, like a fixed price contract over here. Um, and then just there's no way that that, can can work right now and 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 what you found sam I'd, I'd love you to talk to this just quickly while we've got maybe five to seven minutes left with a quick chat this morning this might even be a good good uh good get together um sam potentially for one of our mentoring nights for but you know the other day we we were talking about the the building indices and it's not widespread this this like this yeah yeah there's value in the market it, it's kind of um yeah, it isn't as widespread as it's kind of made out to be, but there's certainly pockets where there, there is a high level of um, activity. And, and obviously, I mean, one thing you need to understand about, obviously, the rising costs, it, it's usually a correlation in, the, in demand as well. So, um, you know, the, the, the given nature of, of inflation is is there's more demand, so, so things rise in value. So... So it's kind of, um, you know, it goes back to some sort of broad-based economics, but, yeah, you're sort of highlighting some of the state numbers around um, inflation. Yeah. Cost to build. Um, and you can see from our research, what we can tell is the Victorian market is still, keep, like, it's, it's far more in line with CPI. Um, and a lot of that has to do with cargo, like, the Port of Melbourne is the largest uh, cargo port in Australia. Um, most goods do come through there, believe it or not, and then get transported um, here, there, and everywhere to other, even to other states. So the velocity of uh, of getting, you know, I guess um, supplies is just faster in Victoria. Um, so it's an interesting sort of byproduct of what's going on. We're probably seeing the Victorian market, the Melbourne market, as a value proposition. Um, and sometimes, I guess, when you when you look at this stuff, you can go, "Well, it's almost like where the uh, where the costs are getting a, li a little bit higher." You're seeing a hot market, and for people who are trying to make money quite quickly, hot markets are very, very good. Yeah. And if you prefer to be a value investor, as go well. I'd prefer something which is a little bit more priced, um, you know, in line with what we would refer to as value buying. You're definitely seeing that um, certainly in Victoria. So it's uh, it's an interesting byproduct of activity, basically. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, how do we fit that into our strategies, folks? You know, what Sam's sort of saying is like, you know, Queensland has momentum. It's got the wind at its back and everyone believes in it. If you can get the right piece of real estate in Queensland... Well, you'll get a carry. You'll get you'll get you'll get increases in value. Um, what comes along with that is some of that uncertainty, Sam. You know, with you know, if you're 
you know, if you if you don't manage your construction price as well or whatever it is, you know, you might get the rise in value, but the construction price might eat up that value. And yeah, then- yeah, and I, I think like for me as a negotiator in in markets, I mean, I use a few strategies to get around really the the challenges when it comes to some of uh, the the goings on um, things like. You know, I mean, I, I think real estate always comes back to its basic principle is the flight to quality, the best land, best location, best dwelling, um, sort of trumps anything. Like I'd rather overpay for a really good property than underpay for a, a you know, a degrade piece of real estate. So I think, you know, your first thing to really look out for is just the quality trumps everything. And um, you know, the reality is people are prepared to pay more for the best real estate. That's always been like that. It always will be like that. Yeah. I think the second way around it is land bankers. A lot of um, a lot of people have, you know, been sitting on um, approved developments for, for decades, for decades. I mean, some of the people I deal with uh, have owned, you know, like some of the best real estate mines in the country, they've owned real estate going back to 1990, 2000. And yeah, yeah. So if they want to produce the stock, they they ultimately can produce it at a cheaper rate. And so what, um, uh, what that does is obviously equalise the cost um, around the build. And so I still find it quite amazing, like, and being able to produce stock cheaper than the secondhand market. Yeah. And though it's part of the new construction market. And really what that comes back to is the land was sourced at um, a very, very efficient rate. And right. So, the, and um, then that's been one of your magic, you know, trump cards for, for over a decade working with, you know, providers who are, you know, Yeah, yeah. You might, you might want to draw it for the folks, Jace, like, you know, in real estate, we often call like something like $30,000 a box to $100,000 a box. And you might be able to sort of quickly draw that for the guys and just sort of explain what kind of happens. So, um, you know, when insights are bought, um, you know, early in the piece, in deck, in periods gone by, um, the efficiency of the box is just much cheaper. Um, so... So an example right now, if if somebody, if a developer bought in 20, you know, let's call it 2021, the land, uh, and if they bought the land in, let's say, you know, 2015, and that's, you know, what Sam's saying, folks, is like, as of today's price, let's just use today's price, let's say in a hot market up in Queensland. Now, you know, per box, per dwelling, et cetera, their underlying land value is let's call it 100k and and i'm yeah. not let's say you fed 10 properties on that you basically are paying 100k a box yep so times 10 you're, you're into it for a million in 2015 the pricing you know they purchased that if they bought it back then they bought it for thirty thousand dollars a box for 10 properties right so they they own that they bought that for 300k over here they bought it for a million now, um, if the construction cost, um, uh, in both circumstances, they're building the const- building the thing. It's delivering now at let's say three hundred thousand to build the the dwelling that goes on that piece of land, folks. 
you know, who's going to make the margin? Who's going to make the money? Who's got more, you know, more room to to win? And it's the buyer, the owner who purchased it a long time ago with built-in margin that's been over time. Yeah. So the land, the land bank are, uh, person coming to market is obviously there's, you know, professional developers that basically run development businesses and, um, you know, as such, you know, I'm saying the land bank is actually doing, being one of the best or safest place to wheel and deal with. Um, yeah. Because they just they just they're not actually priced per now. They priced five years ago, which is uh, which is what what you want, I think, as a property investor. And really, they're in the business of of um, just you know doing development, so they they get it as well. Um, I think the third business is successful, Sam, because they keep momentum, right? They keep the trades on, they keep the people on, you know, and, and they and they sort of keep their business rolling. Irrelevant of the cycle, then irrelevant of the cycle. Yeah, irrelevant of the cycle. So the smart, smart players in that space kind of do this regardless of what's going on. It's just their mode of operation. You know, leave leave uh, leave a penny on the table for the next guy is usually the conversation, and that that's a very smart smart um, you know dialogue. I think the third place which you know property investors obviously uh, go back to when it comes to acquisitions is obviously the established property market. I mean, um, obviously properties which uh, are built, um, you know, that they if they tick the boxes, they make sense. Yeah. Um, the fourth one for me is really when you look inside business models, if uh, builders really just have one vehicle of income, um, they in my book, can be quite often, um, you know, ones to sideline. What I'm saying is the builder-developer is actually a really good uh, really good delivery partner at the moment. And the reason being is, again, that the build is not carrying the cost. The developer, like, there's margin in the development. Yeah, yeah. So the build it, so building it, you're getting let's say a fifteen percent margin. The developer wants a twenty percent margin. So together they've got thirty five. If you're right. buying, and yeah. so if the building what goes to zero, like the 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 proposition still profitable. The developer still works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's smart. Yeah. Yeah, and then I I guess the fifth one I'm seeing, which is is working is definitely brands. So like you know, the buying power of bigger companies like Metricon and so forth is just superior to, you know, happy homes. So, yeah. you know, well, I mean, happy, happy get, homes like, ain't going so well in this market. Happy homes is not getting their, their trusses for six months while Metricon is getting them in six days. And Exactly, yeah. exactly. So the yeah. inflation on a Metricon build is completely different to happy homes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there you have it, folks. Um, get the experts in, listen to the right people, and, and you can sort of navigate your way through this. There's opportunity in here, team, uh, to make sure, you know, we make the most of what's going on out in, you know, the land of property investing. And, um, you know, Sam and the team at PRE, you know, they navigate this skillfully and with lots of thought and, you know, 20 years, third cycle, fourth cycle round, Sam, you know, 
hopefully we've learned a little bit from our past and help our clients manage um, a little bit better than they would by themselves into the future. So, you know, there you go. You got the five things, folks. You got the flight to quality. Always buy well, never sell. You know, that stuff is absolutely gold. Um, we're talking about working with developers and builders who land bank. You know, they're not buying it today. They bought it years ago. Um, you know, sometimes in certain areas, the established market starts to make sense. You know, if that ticks the box, fine. But, you know, work with someone who's combined as a builder developer um, makes things safer and brand, you know, bigger, bigger buying power gives uh, supply chain certainty to everyone in the mix. Um, and, you know, um, hopefully that helps as well. Combination of a few things. Mate, that was awesome, Sammy. Thanks for dropping by on Wealth Coffee Chats. Mate, I know I caught you on the no worries. I'm a bit disheveled, I feel. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I've got, I've threw on the shirt. I haven't even had the shower. Disgraced this morning. I'm a disgrace. Thanks, mate. Take it easy. Cheers, Cheers, mate. All right, folks, that's it. We're done and dusted. You guys be good, be awesome, be well. And um, yeah, join me again next week, Monday. uh, Wealth Coffee Chats kick off again. And also, folks, wine, uh, wealth, wine, and wisdom. Andy Fenton and myself, we are all going to be kicking off uh, on, I think it's the fourth, actually. Let me just check the calendar. Yeah, it is the 4th, the 4th Friday, 4 p.m. Queensland time, 5 p.m. everywhere else, folks. Uh, Wealth, Wine and Wisdom, back on track. Awesome, guys. Good to chat with you. You guys be be great. Take care. That's it. We're done. And now I need to know how to... Oh, there's the in-stream button up there. All right. Bye, folks. Have a good day and a great weekend. Bye.